Welcome to the Grief Bully Podcast. I am your host, Jay Nicole. Thank you for joining our weekly discussion around grief, mental health, and overall personal wellness. The Grief Bully Podcast will serve as a vehicle to help you navigate life's journey. Be sure to subscribe, review, and share the podcast with anyone in your life that you think it will help. Let's bully grief together. What's up, what's up, what's up, beautiful people? Welcome back to another episode of Grief Bully Podcast. I am your host, Jay Nicole. Today is Monday, June the 14th. We are back in the studio, rocking and rolling, episode 96, feeling amazing, ready to get into this conversation about grief and does it ever really change or is it that we change? Now, this idea that I am going to be talking about today is not my own research, but it kind of just stumbled into my lab, fell upon my lab. I kind of came across it in a way that I I kind of, well, no, I definitely think in a beautiful way. So my younger brother, he DM me and he shared a post that he saw about grief. And it, it immediately grabbed my attention because first and foremost, My younger brother doesn't really talk too much about his grief, no shade to him, not judging him, nothing like that. We have the same losses to grieve, but we've just done that differently, and that's okay. And we're close, and we talk often, but it's just not a topic that comes up. And I think a lot of you could maybe find that within family members where you don't really want to particularly discuss the elephant in their room, I guess. And so what I've learned is that while I am this person that's on this forefront of grief and I'm living this mission and doing this thing, that's not where everybody is. And so for that reason, I scale back and I'm, I'm conscious and I'm, and I'm just cautious when it comes to that, talking about the grief that I've experienced with my loved ones because it also does affect my family. So speed things up a bit. When my brother DM me and it has something to do with grief, I'm like, wow, that actually resonated with him enough and or when he saw it, he thought of me, he sent it to me, what have you. Immediately when he sent it to me, I'm like, oh, maybe I'll share that. And I want to say why I said maybe. I'm going to just be honest. It's very rare that I'll share someone else's content on my social media thread. Does that mean that I don't like other people's content? Absolutely not. There's phenomenal people in their theories and their perspectives and their words and their videos, and I love it. The reason why I don't do that as much is because I look at it like my audience and the community that I'm here to serve are following me for a reason, so they're following me for my particular style, perhaps something about my personality. There's something about me, something about the grief bully that, that gravitates them towards me, or they just know me personally, and they follow me for that reason as well. So I'm usually like, "Eh." if it's a quote, it's going to be a quote of my own. If it's a video, it's going to be mine. It's going to be my my podcast clips or things along those lines. But I can't say I've never. But if I do, I definitely always try to give credit. But when he sent that, I'm like, hey, I actually might share that because it spoke to him. So not even, I'll say 48 hours, another gentleman that I know, shout out to you, Nigel, he DM'd me as well and was like, hey, you know, I thought of you when I saw this. And I'm like, oh, dope. So not only was this two people, but this was two men, two men and two men of color that shared this with me. So I'm like, all right, wow, like it's really resonating with them. I'm definitely going to share it. I don't care whose it is. And at this point, I didn't know whose content it was. I really didn't have time at, at that particular moment to look into it and see whose model it was. So when I put the 
the picture up on Instagram, I said, hey, I don't know who's, whose model this is. Actually, I didn't know it was a model at the time. I, I don't know who where this original was this originally sourced from, but I wanted to share it. If anybody knows, let me know, etc. This post has probably had one of the most shared that I've had, almost 500 shares and so many saves and just countless comments, everything. And it showed me the power of this. It's not about if it's my voice or my perspective or ideas. It's about serving the community that I'm aligned to. And so this showed me the power of that. And so I know you're probably thinking, hey, what actually is it? Like, let's get to it, Jay Nicole. So I I do want to get to it. And the the picture, which if you don't follow me on social media, please go do that at I underscore AM underscore Jay Nicole on Instagram so you can follow me and see all the content and you can see this picture if you haven't saw it already. So it's a picture and there's jars. There are six of them and they have these black balls in them and there are three on the top. There's a larger black ball inside of a clear glass jar. The second one has a smaller black ball. The third one has an even tinier black ball. And then on the bottom... There's a jars again, but going in a reverse order where the jars are smaller, then they get bigger, and the black balls essentially are the same. And the wording here is, people tend to believe that grief shrinks over time. But what really happens is that we grow around our grief. Man, I think I've maybe thought of this in a kind of way but definitely not this terminology definitely not these words and absolutely not this visual I think this visual was so so perfect in its simplicity for so many reasons that this is why I think it it resonated with so many folks I mean so many people gravitated towards it it's black and white so it's it's nothing distractive it's just showing you and like I said the top row is showing you where the jars are there the grief ball is what they're saying here, what is portraying is larger, then it gets smaller, and then it eventually shrinks. And in the bottom is showing that the jars are getting larger and the grief is staying the same. And so I'm like, aha, what is this really about? And so some folks shared where it came from, and it came from Dr. Lois Tonkin's model about grief. And the idea is grief doesn't change. It, it stays the same, but we grow. We grow around it. And I really love that because one study that I was I was researching and reading about where it was comparing this model to some of the other models out there, which I'll get to at another time because there's one that I've never talked about is the dual process model. I haven't discussed that and I, and I am interested and I look forward to the opportunity to do that. But the one that I have spoken about, and if you're new to the podcast, I have talked about Dr. Elizabeth Kubler. Excuse me, I don't know if she's a doctor. Let me start over. Elizabeth Kubler-Ross, her model is about the five stages of grief. Now, I've talked about them. If you have done any research at all or know anything about healing processes and models when it comes to grief, that is one of the most popular, most famous, the most go-to one of them all. I've personally never heard of Dr. Lois Tonkin's model, and I'm excited and thrilled that I have, and now that I can share that with you. But why I love it, because I am someone who has definitely adamantly gone against the five stages of grief. And it's not that I don't think we experience those emotions, 
but I just know that they're not linear. That's just fact. It's not linear. And if you've lived this, if you are a bereaved person and went through bereavement, then you know that it just is not that cut and dry. And we don't necessarily get to this point of acceptance. So when this model, when I'm reading this, I'm like, yo, this is exactly what I've been trying to say is, and, and it just makes sense that life is essentially going to go on life, right? I'm just saying life. I'm not saying that we are moving on from our loved ones, that we are moving on and or escaping our grief, but I'm saying life. So that the, the train of life is going to just keep going. It's going with or without us, but our grief essentially is still there and it's not it's not evaporating it's not disappearing it's not going away so the grief doesn't really change but we do and so I started to ponder and I and I wanted to reflect and say hey how does this apply to my life have I do I resonate with this does this align with my experience or not because again I, I do think that every model in every part of research any textbooks anything like that it, it may or may not fit you. It, it may or may not apply to you. But for me, I'm like, you know what? I think that's definitely what it is. I think that my grief is is still there. It's is I can now that I have a visual of these black balls. I'm like, hey, yeah, that is what I feel. I feel like it's still there, but the jar around it is expanding, and so so many things are changing in my life. There's new people. There's a new job. There's a new marriage. There's a new home, there's just new vacations, different hairstyles. I mean, there's so many things that changes, but our grief doesn't. And I want you to know that that's actually okay. It's actually okay because to me, what it means for myself is that I've been able to allow grief and my life to coexist where my life didn't have to stop because there was grief basically infiltrating it. So I have been able to laugh and to buy new clothes and to go different places and experience new food. And and I didn't have to really feel super guilty about it or feel like this isn't something that I can do because this is the thing. What does grief actually really look like? It's going to look different for everybody. So just because someone's not sitting in a corner crying or have their head down. It doesn't mean that. I was doing a guest speaking engagement with Gift of Life donor program, shout out to them. And one of the the mothers in there who donated her son's organs was so full of life. He was young and I don't want to mistake his age, but definitely I believe he was a teenager. And she was so full of life and just on fire. And she's like, hey, this is my my purpose. Like I want to just share this. I, I want people to think about my son. I want them to feel this way when I enter a room. I want them to feel that way. And and I vibed off that. And what I told her, I said, the way that you are could possibly make a lot of people uncomfortable. It could really make a lot of people uncomfortable because, or uh, bereaved and non-bereaved. Because I think sometimes in our bereavement. If something looks different than what we are used to or or it threatens you or maybe challenges you and you could feel like, wow, like I don't feel like that. What's wrong with me? Or is she faking? Is that possible? Like there's just so much to be 
discovered there that I think it could make people feel uncomfortable. And then people who aren't bereaved could be looking at you like, well, are you really sad? Did you really care? Did you really love them? Like, I don't think your sadness should measure your amount of love. I don't think your sadness should determine how hurt you are. And and what I mean by that is the outward expression. So let me even say that your, your outward sadness. So the appearance of such, not so much internal, because obviously we can't see how people really feel inside, but we can just look at them and pass judgment and say, oh, you don't look sad. You didn't really care. And I do think that I've come across this where families have had this issue where some people aren't really showing outwardly that they're grieving and that they feel sad. And so it can cause problems a lot of times, perhaps in marriages, if you've lost a child or different things like that, but we're all different and we're all made differently. And so I really love that this model has now been introduced to me and I can continue to share it because we grow around our grief. It doesn't shrink and it. And, and I always say, just to add to this is the crisis part of it can subside and it depends. But I think if we start to look at the dual process model as well, which we will do hopefully in the next episode, you get to see that there's they offer two perspectives of how someone can move through their grief as well. And what I liked about it was that too much of either of those could be detrimental. So I think it is important that we find balance in our grief, that no two days have to be the same. We cannot have that pressure where it's like, hey, I'm feeling great. I've been feeling great for a while. You can't assume that you won't hit a day where it really just rocks your world or it really just takes you out and you find yourself bawling tears, crying, where normally you're not like that. And so that's something that we've also just got to be conscious of and cautious of when it comes to that and and not dealing with mimicking and trying to emulate how others are moving through. Keep it sacred. Keep it to yourself in terms of how you want to feel and move through it. And as I was doing this research and and just reading different articles and trying to educate myself prior to discussing this topic, I came across one of the writers of an article, and and I do apologize, I forget her name, but just letting you know, I didn't originate this thought, is that she said that, that grief didn't serve her well. And I was like, wow, yeah, like grief didn't serve her well. And I'm like, there's probably so many people, including myself, that can feel this because it's like, no, grief doesn't, it, it just doesn't serve me well. I don't, I don't like it. I don't, I don't enjoy it. It's untimely. The unpredictability It's just, eh. And so what she was saying is that it didn't serve her well. She didn't feel comfortable talking about it. It was this thing that we all experience and that we all go through, but yet we all don't talk about. And I was like, wow, because it didn't serve her well. And so she shied away from it. She she avoided it to an extent because it was uncomfortable. It wasn't the norm. It didn't fit into the, when you know when children are doing the circle, the square, and the triangle, and the different blocks don't fit. Well, grief is like trying to put a triangle in a square or a square in a circle. Like it's there, and it's happening, and you can't stop it. But it, but it doesn't really fit per se. And at least I would say in the beginning, because now that I've been on this journey, as far as some of my more complicated losses of grief, I, I would have to say that it can, it can get better. 
And I don't mean that it, it eliminates or it erases or it shrinks, but it can get better. And, and if I'm going to continue on the, the thought about the jars and the grief there and how the jars are larger and the grief is the same size and is in it. So I think maybe we can say, well, I learned to, to carry my jar better. I, I take better care of my jar and, and, I, and I nurture it and I nourish it and I protect it. And that's it. So we, we can't really escape it, but we can take care of it and take care of ourselves. And so although grief may not serve us well, I'm wondering if if we can serve grief well. Well, that thought just came to me. So I wonder if we could then change that, change the size of the table and say, hey, grief doesn't serve me well, but can I serve grief? And I think that's kind of what I've been doing. I think is that I've been, I've been really just so intrigued by it. And, and I'm always noticing how it is impacting myself and other people and so it's like how can we serve grief because it's not going away so how can I soothe this how can I nurture this how can I make this better because I have to manage I don't want to drown I don't want to drown and somebody feels like they're sinking and they're drowning and the water is just getting and it's right there you can still just kind of see and so I hope that this message can help you say hey I got I've got to grow around this thing. I don't got to go away from it. I've got to grow through it. I've got to grow with it. I've got to grow with my grief. We've got to be in tandem. We've got to be hand in hand together. And to me, that is beautiful because it becomes an opportunity to turn this disaster into a beautiful masterpiece, which then can become healing tapestry for ourselves and for others. And I, and I genuinely love that, and, and I feel so good about it. And I think, too, to just pivot when we talk about grief and not wanting to talk about it, one of the other things and one of the last points that I want to hit on here, in the beginning of one of these interviews that I saw, they were saying that there are so many ways to talk about it in terms of, like, passing away or pushing up daisies, kick the bucket, all these things. And the interviewer asked the psychotherapist, what would you say? What word would you say? And she said, dead. She said, let's say dead. Dead is dead. It is what it is. People die and it's death. And I said, wow. For some people that can be super uncomfortable, but for somebody like myself, I thrived on it because that's what it is. They died. They're dead. That is real. But that is those people and so while I love that, and I love it in terms of defining what happened to our loved ones or our, our pet, which is also our loved one, but to our, our grief, is that a thing died. Something or someone died. There was a, a, a person, place, or thing that, that died. And so to separate that is, although those things are dead, you're not. You're not dead. You're not at that point and so you can choose to say hey will this be a double loss my person and myself my spirit not necessarily saying yourself 
dying in the physical and in the reality, but your spirit, your soul, your vision, and your dreams that you have for yourself, your ambition. So when grief doesn't serve you well, how will you serve it back? How will we cater to this ugly experience of life? How will we cater to this emotional roller coaster that we own? What will we do? We will dig deep and we'll we'll keep going and growing through and with and nurturing and serving our grief so that it doesn't take us out of here and so that we can continue to thrive and to grow around our grief while it is not shrinking and it's still there. We're learning to better carry it. And so that's what I wanted to leave you with today for episode 96. I'm always super thankful for you all tuning in with me definitely go leave a review apple Podcasts if you're listening on apple Podcasts or itunes i certainly would appreciate it the reviews help get this in front of as many people as possible hey share it with a friend a family member it's easy for you to hit that share shoot it out we are all dealing with just so many so many things and so much grief that's within and intertwined and all of those different struggles and battles that we have and so the more that we can share the better off that we are as I get into our In Love and Memory segment again, last week I talked about it, that there's been so many people who have passed away that I've seen on social media that it's harder for me to just pinpoint one name. And so I just want to send so many, so much love out. I know someone that I grew up with that just lost a significant other. So again, in like their 30s, probably age. I know someone that lost a student. Then this is a younger elementary school age or maybe early middle school age child. I know someone that just lost a, a mother, someone that lost a friend, a close friend. And so to all of those people that are that are grieving and you're in this beginning phases and, and stages of it, while you're learning to figure out what this experience is, we want to send you so much love and we want to send that in love and memory to each and every one of your loved ones. And, I, and again, I would love the opportunity to call them by name and perhaps down the road I can, but just know that we see this. And we hope that you continue to just be kind to yourself on this journey because you will absolutely need it. Guys, it's been another episode of Grief Bully Podcast. We are still inching up and creeping up on episode 100, which I am certainly looking forward to. But in the meantime, in between time, you guys know where I hang out the most over on Instagram. Definitely follow me there. Don't be shy. DM me. Say hi at I underscore AM underscore Jay Nicole. Guys, so next time you already know. Love and light. Peace.